Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Here on a Friday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA, BQ.FM, RockofTalk.com. 550-5500, I have the phones forwarded. Uh, had a little bit of uh, a little hiccup there we had to take care of. I've been in court all afternoon, and we'll give you what's happening there. Don't forget, you can find me on uh, Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. Try to get a hold of uh, my good friend, D-Dowd Muska, but uh, he's already set sail for the weekend. Uh, the Dow 3000 needs a, a good little rest, and of course... Uh, uh, you can download our app for rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. How about uh, doing SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify? We do all that as well. And uh, I will, of course, give uh, my opponents equal time here on our radio station, or I guess my humble abode. <laughs> uh, so, folks, here here's the long and the short of it, okay? Um, Tim, you know, uh, Tim Keller, you're welcome. Uh, Manny Gonzalez, uh, you're welcome if you stay in the race, whatever you guys do. You're welcome to go ahead and come in the airwaves. I'll help you produce your show, and we'll we'll take calls and see what you're all about, and that's that's good. I'm pretty excited because I get to remain on the ballot. That's not my hand. That's the hand of God uh, that's working, and I think you guys need to buy into just a little bit of that. You have to understand that whenever you get into involved in something, I mean, this is what you got to deal with. You've got to deal with. This type of blowback, it happens all the time. But, you know, when you get to this kind of blowback, you also also have to defend yourself, right? You also have to, um, you know, fight back, punch back. That's why we try to get everybody to go to fight for 505. Uh, one of the things that you haven't seen me during this time, you know, let me just take you through the timeline so that you all can sort of understand, like, how we got here. And for, if it's just a smattering, just a few of you, you know, I mean, just a, half of our audience is normal. I know you've been listening to that stuff, but truly I couldn't get on. Uh, I couldn't get on where I needed to be. But I started this endeavor <laughs> on July the 26th. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to march you through all of this so that you guys understand what what happened, what's transpired during this time. And what an exciting opportunity this is for you. We had a tremendous launch yesterday at the Republican Party of the State of New Mexico. Uh, I've already reached out to Steve Pierce. He knows that I'm on. He's excited. Uh, he's our chairman of the Republican Party. Uh, Republicans, uh, independents uh, turned out there yesterday at the Republican Party uh, headquarters. And we had a, about, if you include uh, our people as well, about 190 people from the headcount that we had that came to send us off. We didn't invite the media or anything like that. And, you know, yesterday was a really, really good day. It was a good day because we were with our people with our volunteers, we were coming together. We were, you know, they had shirts, they had hats, they had all sorts of things, and they were just excited to be there. They felt like they had hope again. On July 26, when this whole thing started, I felt as if we had no hope. And by that, I mean, we didn't have a Republican on the ticket. Now, I, I love fair elections. Uh, nothing I love more than having had a fair election at some point. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people were trying to say that I wasn't being fair or I listing my residence or whatever. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But I wanted to see a Republican, not someone who was getting Republican support registered as a Democrat because he took a picture and took off to, you know, Washington, D.C. And Manny, you're welcome to the radio. Give your version of this. If you if you so if so be it, that's totally fine. And, 
So I, I went and asked a few people. I said, well, do you want to run for mayor? Do you want to run for mayor? Do you, do you, I mean, who wants to save our city? I'll help you. I'll literally help you. I, I could be your best friend. I'll totally help you. We'll help you get elected. Okay. Whatever, whatever it takes because we can't live in the city any longer. No, every single person, four people and all just turned me down. They said, no, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm, I, I'm, I got plans on moving away. And that makes me sad. It makes me upset because this is my home. <laughs> right, the homeless guy, the homeless guy who lives in his office. This is his home. It's all very funny, right? Poetic, really, if you really think about it in the grand scheme of things. And I said, okay, well, we got to do this. I don't. We don't have any other choice. I don't like what we see in the ballot. Both of these guys have been responsible for what's happened to our city. Uh, they're both there on the stage that night. If you haven't seen the picture of both of them when the progressive Mayor Tim Keller won the race, you might be. I have a failing memory or just don't pay much attention to the news. But, you know, they're basically the same guy and they're both Democrats and they're both looking for public financing and they're already in their official capacities, one being mayor and one being sheriff. So, I, OK, we got to do this. So we said, OK, we're going to start. Checked it out. Can I go ahead and uh, get the signatures of the FCC? Yes, we can. Turns out, check the attorney, the FCC. They said, absolutely, they can. Has it been done before? Uh, they couldn't find cases where it's been done before, but they did find examples where, you know, it had actually been done. Never cases where it's been challenged. So we're like, okay, we got to jump on that. That sounds like something we can go ahead and do, right? So we started talking about improving Albuquerque, and all of you guys jumped on. Some days we got, you know, 100 signatures. Other days we got, you know, 500 signatures. It was really, really inspiring. People felt like, oh, my gosh, th this is going to work. You're going to get on the ballot because I walked in. To the city clerk's office and i'm not going to say they laughed at me but you could see their eyes going in their head and they said yeah i don't think you're gonna make the ballot in fact every single person those people in our own republican party i hope Eddie doesn't make the ballot we're gonna go ahead and decide to back manny and all this kind of stuff i'm like okay that's fine you can do what you want but i i can't vote for that i i, I simply cannot and you you might recall we did uh, prior to that time july 26th uh, we did try to help one Patrick Seiss, uh try to get on the ballot as much as we possibly could. Turned out he only had like, I think, just a few, I'm not exactly how many, uh, registered signatures with the $5 qualifications and it hadn't really raised any money. So we're like, we, we got to get in. We got to do this. So there we go. We're on our way two weeks later, 14 days, just thinking that we can just do it. Just in the middle of summer, no one's paying attention to politics. Who cares about what's that? Who's who cares about what's happening? Who's the mayor? Right? No one's paying attention to politics during that entire time. And we generated 3,305 signatures. Pretty remarkable. Hadn't been done. Got an eyebrow raiser too from the uh when you came to turn it in. Very excited we surpassed it. We had everybody from Joe Monahan to Steve, I don't know, you know, Cabardis or whatever his name is. Caballetes, whatever. People saying, no, it just couldn't be done. He's going to have to get out there and pay. I said, well, we're not going to pay for anything because we can't even raise money during that time. And so we get we get the signatures, show up on that Monday. I'm like, pretty good deal. Even Joe Monahan showed just a little bit of respect there, and you know we appreciate that. But what that changed for you, the voter, is now you had a choice. You weren't just choosing the one party. Well, the Demo, well, it's nonpartisan. This isn't about party. Man, he's really Republican. Well, if he's a real Republican, he wouldn't have answered my question. I say he's not ever going to re register as a Republican. Why didn't you register as a Republican? So we're on. We're ready to go. 
And I said, okay, well, we're going to hold on because we know that there's shenanigans. And meanwhile, during that time, you sort of anticipate how the various people are going to attack you, who's going to come and attack you, what they're going to do, all these types of things. And you say, okay, well, you're fine with that. And how are you going to handle it? Meanwhile, the Republican Party's breaking apart. The Bernalillo County chair, they're going to have a, an election this Sunday at 3 o'clock. Hopefully, oh, if you're registered, hopefully you guys are going to uh, jump on board and, and get on. And we did that in spite of l- literally almost nobody, but just actual people and voters who just wanted to, I can't vote for these guys, but I can definitely get behind Eddie Aragon because I know what he's about. He talks about politics every single every single day for three hours. Uh, we've got Dowd. We've got all these other people that he's with. I mean, this, this guy really kind of checks out. This is kind of cool. We're behind you, Eddie. I said, no, 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 you can't give me money. You can't give me anything. We can't do anything because I'm not officially on the ballot. Well, what do you mean? You qualified. You got the signature. I said, no, 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 no. We can't do anything. I cannot do a single thing, including raise a single dollar because we know that this is La Politica. We know that this is New Mexican politics. We know that there's somewhere, somehow, someone's going to come up with something and decide to go ahead and try and derail because, hey, we've got this. doesn't matter if it's Manny. Or if it's Tim, it's the same guy. We're all good with that. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Now, I'm going to share something with you that you won't believe, but if you knew me, you would believe it immediately. I can see things, folks. And I can see what was going to become of our city with these guys running our city. They had already been tasked with running our city. Crime hasn't improved. Certainly Tim Keller, boy. The, 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 the wonder boy at this point. All of 43 years young, I think still taking directions, even from Black Lives Matter. And I just thought to myself, yeah, I'm, this is, this is easy. Let's get on the debate. Let's see what's, what's going to go ahead and happen and uh, let's get it on. But I had to wait until August the 24th. I said, okay, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not even going to, you know, dress up and go and, and, and visit a bunch of people. I'm just going to go ahead and set things up. And so August 24th comes in that morning and I go in and I say, very excited to present my petitions. The petitions of 3,305 people whom which I have not even communicated with, not one time have I sent a mass email since the time that we qualify. Nobody has received an email from our campaign, not for a solicitation, not for us to go ahead and tell them, well, here's how what we're doing this week. I haven't said one damn email. Because of shenanigans. I know that people are going to come in and try to figure out a way to go ahead and pry me out of the race. So come August 24th, we look at that. I said, okay, we can go ahead and start getting things in order. This sounds good. We can register for a campaign account. Then that took two days. And we officially started raising money on August the 26th, which is all of about 13 days ago. Before I even get certified, the official certification letter, which became became September 3rd, there is a flurry of people from the media, from the government, from the attorneys, from La Politica and both the Republican and Democrat, that just descended on me like a thousand demons coming to try to wipe me away and out of the race. Don't do that. You can't do it. He's terrible. We're not going to get behind him. There's no, 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 no. I'm like, okay, well, we expected this. Don't cry. Don't get all upset, worked up, who cares? Okay? Then immediately we started raising money. That first week alone, pretty incredible. People just coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, we believe in you. This is what we got to do. We got to change it. This is awesome. We got to finally got a Republican in the, in the office, in, in the race. 
I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool. But we got, we can, we can stick together. I think we can pull this one out. We can save our city. We can grow this, uh, <laughs> we can grow this city again. And I think that's such an important thing. Our city hasn't grown for, for years. Then I got hit. Now I see, you know, Manny's been in voter fraud or signatures or whatever. And then he's like appealing and appealing. Like, I don't know if he's doing his job as sheriff or I don't know if he's just hanging out in court all day. I'm not really sure. But I know that Tim Keller is handing him his ass every single day because Manny provided him the opportunity to do so because he wasn't uh, tending to his internal flock for whatever reason. And, you know, unfortunately, that wears on the actual candidate itself. Then you got Tim. Tim's flying around, you know, like Peter Pan without a care in the world. And going to New Mexico United games and proposing stadiums and getting bullhorns and all. And meanwhile, we're getting 85, 86, 87, 88 homicides. Oh, wait, we got to roll those back. Oh, don't you know car theft went down? Oh, my gosh, the stadium is going to be amazing. Can't you realize that the entire city of Albuquerque is behind this? is going to come through. And all the while, you have Eddie Aragon, me. hate to talk about myself in the third person, but. We do have to kind of put myself down in the race. Now that I'm officially in the race and we started raising money, jumps in and starts talking about all the issues that have been affecting us, plaguing us for literally years. And not one thing has been done about it. But we know that the biggest problem in our city is that Eddie Aragon decides to go ahead and run for mayor. Now, every single person who just hear, heard that heard all the backdrop and realizes that's not the case. The case is not that Eddie Aragon has decided to go ahead and jump in for mayor. He's going to go ahead and split the vote. How do you split the vote with a couple of Democrats? How do you split the vote with two people going for public financing? How do you split the vote with two people who have already been occupying their position? How do you split the vote? And you Republicans, how do you decide to go ahead and back a Democrat? And I don't care. Take your pick. We would only be splitting ourselves at this point. We decided to go ahead and tail off and back one of those guys and say, oh, we really want change. And you're like, well, that was the same guy that was been in office for five years, seven years. Oh, this is the guy that should have audited this, never audited that, and can't even take care of business right now as mayor and having his own issues. So what do you do? What do you do to somebody who's got enthusiasm, passion, you know that he loves, it, you, you jam him up. You figure out, oh, we're going to embarrass him. How do you embarrass somebody who doesn't get embarrassed? Oh, we're going to go ahead and make fun of him, make him feel, feel inadequate. We're going to expose him for this. How, how do you do that? The guy literally, that Eddie, he doesn't even have an ego. Oh, yeah, he's an ego. He's all over the radio station. No, he just loves the city. And he'll literally sacrifice everything, every single thing he possibly can to change the city. And then I get a lawsuit. Got to hire an attorney. Got to spend the money. I'm like, okay, well, I guess we got to do this. We knew that we were going to play this game. Not going to cry. Not going to get upset. Not going to get angry. Just going to say, okay, well, what, 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 what's this about? <laughs> well, one of our five C's, it's corruption. Corruption loves itself. It feeds on itself. It's born and bred daily, weekly, monthly, generationally. Because there are people who don't want things to be uncovered about the inner workings of the city. They are going to come at us and you and especially me to prevent any real change. And so they say, lock him up. Go ahead and uh, let's just go ahead and uh, mess him up with his time. And everything. this is what they're going to do.
Did I ask for money during that time? Did I go out there and try to fundraise? Did I, try to do I said, no, here's the shenanigans we were waiting for. We couldn't do one single thing during that time except to focus on that and just wait and see, to go ahead and wait it out. I guess we're going to spend some time in court. I said, okay, I guess that's, that's the way the game is going to be played. This We're going to make the mess of the election. Our citizens are leaving. They want a better city. We'll go ahead and do it. So I said, okay, well, what is it? What, okay, I, how quickly can, can this go? I'll, I'll be happy to meet today, whatever you guys want. I don't even know. Went and hired an attorney, got all the stuff. Here's the information. I don't know what to say. And here we are today, 2 o'clock and one thirty in the afternoon. They started proceeding. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you want to know? Just like Chris Ramirez, who came in here, whipped out a giant piece of paper. Do you live here? I'm like, yes. Do you live here? Yes. Uh, do you live in your radio station? Uh, yes. Uh, I got Q-tips over there in the kitchen. Would you like one? Show up over there on Channel 7. Oh, let me take pictures of your wine bottles. I'm going to make sure that that stuff is front and center. We're going to expose who you are. You like wine. Okay, you got me. We do a wine show Saturday evenings. You're welcome to tune in, TJ. Totally cool. Then I got the Albuquerque Journal. Eddie, do you have a futon or do you sleep on the couch? Actually, both. Or the floor. I don't know, depending upon how I'm feeling. I don't know what I'm in the mood for some days, you know. I can go, I'm versatile, right? It's not the same bed every day. Futon in the living room or <laughs> wait in the office. It's a, it's a couch in the studio or I don't know. What do you want to call that? The gymnasium? I got weights in there. I said, Eddie, you aren't qualified to run for mayor of the city of Albuquerque. I'm like, oh, okay. Because I, I'm, I'm here because I've been here since March 10th, uh, or excuse me, of uh, May 31st of last year, March 10th being when COVID started, I was already like basically doing everything I can, working 24 hours a day some days, just to kind of keep up with what was going on, making people feel good so they didn't feel alone. We would do broadcasts five, six, seven, eight hours. Why? Because there were people suffering in silence in the middle of their homes because they couldn't get out and reach somebody. I became their best friend. I became their advocate. I became the person that racked up 17,000 plus signatures to impeach MLG. I'm the guy who's a-hole enough, who doesn't care enough about what happens to himself and only cares about what happens to you in the city. Started doing that. Then we did the Epstein stuff. Then we did, we did everything. We're just bored. We're looking for things to do. It's not enough to just run a business and do all the rest of the stuff. You actually have to get out there and do something. That's what we were doing. Keeping hope alive. Oh, I got to wait, wait in a mask, do all this kind of stuff. Well, no, no, none of that stuff even matter. Because by the time when we were done and all these various arguments can be loaded, none of them actually matter. The only thing that mattered was where do you live? Is it zoned properly? And are you a resident? Well, the only thing that actually matters for any of you is do you love this city and do you live in it? Because if, in my opinion, if you can answer those two questions, if you live in this city and you love it, you are the change in this city. My win today is exactly that. It'll likely get appealed. They'll drag it out. These people will continue coming and we'll just continue to, to, to fight. But that's what it is. This fight isn't going to happen and win overnight. You got to win, we're going to relax and have a good time. No, you got you to keep fighting every single day. They're thinking about shutting down the, the schools again, folks. They're thinking about uh, creating uh, the pandemic of the unvaccinated. 
They're thinking about taking people's livers. They're forcing businesses with 100 people and over to go ahead and force them to become medical directors and tell people to take the vax and do this and do that. They're forcing us into further and further debt. The crime rate is going higher and higher, and they're explaining it away by saying, hey, you should be happy with 46% improvement over the last five years, four years, whatever it is. And here we are today, and we still have things that are plaguing us, things that I walk around with in my head. It's not enough to just hear the news. Not enough to just, hey, something happened up there. Oh, there's like 12 bodies up on the West Mason. Oh, some 10-year-old girl on her 10th birthday you know, lost her life, was dismantled, completely dismembered. Three or four different men had their way with her before she died a gruesome death, and then she was lit on fire. And nobody has a clue. It's not enough that some random professional attorney, you know, still has the open directive on whether or not she was suicide or maybe it's undetermined something else. This is the corruption that is rotting our city. We can't have nice things because we collectively keep electing the wrong people, people who don't question a lot of those things. I live with these voices in my head, not because I'm crazy, but because we still haven't put these people to bed. Their, their, their blood is screaming out for justice in this city. Once we start taking care of those little things, the rest of the stuff will really line up. Because there's also consequence. We celebrate murder and murderers, I should say. They become almost celebrities around here. I've seen it for years. Gangs, they're running rampant. The cartels, no one's taking them on. We've got one person in our gang unit. People can go rob commercial burglary all they want. Can't rob me, I'm here. This is my home and, and my commercial place. Robbing homes, well, I don't know where that's going to go. Right, uh, you just file a police report and check in your insurance. You got the... APOA, they're screaming for raises, and oh, we're going to get behind Tim Keller. And well, they got their raises, and they're still screaming because they're still not even being treated respect. You're like, oh, what did you forget? <laughs> forget about the, the, the law and order guys, the Republicans out here, the people who care deeply about what happens to our police officers, the guys who, you know, whose fathers, their fathers of and families who say, yeah, I, I support Trump, but I can't say that. The APOA is a good organization. Sean's a good guy. But I'll tell you what, I think there's a lot of people in the police department, they finally got tired of their own filth and what's been happening to them, and they themselves have been pushing this kind of stuff forward without even knowing it. And I'm going to help them see the way. I'm excited. I hope that you are too. I'm real. I'm live every day. You can go ahead and blacklist me on every media place. I'll still welcome my competitors with open arms into my radio station. You can go ahead and kick me a hundred times when I'm down. I'll still get up one more time from the time that you kick me up. Period. Because I care about the people. I care about you. I care about my family, my friends, my state. Every win 
Every opportunity is another chance to show everybody else that, hey, whatever they bring against you, you got to just keep fighting back. You're not going to win every time, but you lose every time that you decide not to fight. The people who showed up yesterday at the Republican Party headquarters, in my opinion, that was a a regenesis, a rebirth of the Republican Party. Yeah, I realize that I'm not your guy's Republican or your guy Republican. But you know what? The Republican Party would be a whole lot better had it looked a lot like those people who are out there searching for hope. These people want something. And if they don't get it, let me tell you, they're not going to know what to do. This is their home. You're not going to drive them from their home, just like you're not going to drive me from my home. My radio station, you're not going to drive me from the Kiva. You can file a hundred FCC investigation. I couldn't care less. But at the end of this, I lose a license, but we win the mayor's race, I'll be happy. Even if we lose a license and we lose the actual thing, I'll just say, okay, well, we know what happened. We can't trust the election. We can't trust this, this place. Millions of people throughout this country are prospering in red states. They're maskless. They're vaxless. They're going to football games. They're celebrating life. They're done with COVID. They're done with Biden. They're done with all of this deep state stuff that has been taking place and whatever cover up that they're ultimately about. And they're living their lives. Politics sucks. It doesn't matter. Culture is awesome. It's everything. This is why you're here. This is why you love New Mexico. From the food to the mountains to all the places that you want to travel throughout New Mexico, the types of people that have been here for a long time, they sometimes forget who, who they are. I'm going to remind them. I'm going to let them know that they aren't the, the California Southerners that are on there that are, that are bringing uh, you know, true Chicano culture here. And I'll say it like that on purpose. But are truly people who understand that they, are, they have been here longer than the United States has been around that they were brought by a culture of life by the Catholic Church for which these people can trace their heritage and that we won't be driven out by carpet-bagging, corrupt losers who transplant to other state and refer to this place as, well, it's not my true home, but yeah, Albuquerque is a place where I can be a big fish in a small pond. We don't want you. We want our people. We want our people, and our people are people who are born and bred and love this place. They're also people who come here and love this place. They're people who never want to leave, who wouldn't trade New Mexico for any other state in the entire country. You know who our people are? Our people are the very people that want to drive out the corruption here in this state, and they want to see a prosperous New Mexico. I realize it's 5.55 on a Friday. I realize that there's a lot of things that you wish were different. But stop wishing. Stop hoping. Start praying. Start producing. That's what we can do every single day. The number five is very important to me. 55, it's the... Well, it's the year that Disneyland started, for one. (laughs) It's the year my, my dad was born. 
Everything I'm doing is based upon fives. 550, 50, 500. Turn that into a five line if I'm your mayor. No, you should say when you're mayor. I'm not going to assume anything. We're going to close it out. We're going to fight for every vote. We're going to make people believe. Five fingers on your hand. Your hand doesn't work. You can't do anything if you only have four fingers or three fingers or no fingers. Ask someone who's missing a limb or missing any of their fingers. Makes life very difficult. And everything that we're going to do is be focused on five things going forward. First off, the city of Albuquerque. You don't love it? Leave it. Seriously. If you're just finding this place that you can just keep kicking down, if you're not going to show up to the to the Lobo game tomorrow, seriously. You better be at that. Get your asses to the damn Lobo game tomorrow. Every single person who's hearing me, you're like, oh, I don't know about to Get your ass to the game. I'm a graduate of the University of New Mexico. Twice over. Went to UNM, love it. Went to school here. Get your asses to that game tomorrow, folks. My soccer teammate, Danny Gonzalez. He's a hometown boy. He's coaching your football team. Danny Gonzalez. How awesome is that? It's awesome. Well, we didn't have to go find uh, Mike Loxley or uh, bring some Notre Dame coach or some big name. Go to that game tomorrow. Show up. Wear your cherry and silver. Or you can wear your Aggie, whatever that color is, maroon. Wear whatever you want. But love New Mexico. Love this place. The great rivalry. I hope there's 20,000, 30,000 people. If you're hearing my voice, I don't want to hear that 1,200 or in the last game. I want to hear that there were 25, 30,000 people who were there to that game just to enjoy a damn football game. And I hope you don't wear your masks. For those of you who are immunocompromised, I'll, I'll validate that and say, well, you know, keep your social distance, do whatever you want. That's totally fine. But I hope you go out there and that's going to be the first day of freedom for you. Big game. I went to the other one the other night. Love your city. Number one. From failure to first, the only way that you're going to get through is just by being average again. And we're not even average at this point. Love your city. Run this city like you love it. Not like you don't care. You're running a political agenda or you'll be leaving office. Tim Keller must have said that he's, oh, whoever the next mayor is going to be or whoever the next mayor is going to be. Uh, <clears throat> Tim Keller. Tim Keller, there's no term limit, sir. Tim Keller, you can still run for mayor forever. Oscar Goodman had lunch with him. He's mayor for 12 years. Then his wife, Carolyn, nice lady. She was and is the current mayor of Las Vegas, Nevada. Las Vegas, Nevada was all about, what, 350,000 people back in the early 80s. Now it's 2.5 million people. California can't clear out fast enough to move over there. I guarantee you the next mayor is going to be Ross Goodman, who is my attorney. And let me tell you, that would be another good mayor. People just want to vote for people who really love and care and are invested and want to be where they're at. They used to make fun of Oscar all the time because he's running around with a Bombay gin sapphire. 
Did that get held against him? Well, you bet for the people who are politically operative, but didn't stop him from getting 78 to 80 percent of the vote. He also represented, he was a criminal defense attorney, just like his son, Ross Goodman. And what happened? He won 65%, 80%, and 82% because it was just like, there's our guy, the most recognizable mayor, more recognizable than Rudy Giuliani back in the day, which will memorialize 9-11 tomorrow. On top of that, his wife jumps in and says, oh, we love the city so much, we're not going anywhere. That's awesome. That's a good thing. Love your city. That's all it took for those guys to get reelected. You love it and you show people you love it. You don't have a political agenda. That's all that matters. They just want someone to be a city manager. Run it the right way. We don't want to hear about it. Oh, yeah, I saw the mayor the other day. That's cool. It's great. He came and shook my hand, and I told him that I have a problem with this, this, and this, and I felt like he listened. I think he did. Something's happening. That's it. COVID. The second C. Very, very important. I told you I'll hire an epidemiologist. We'll challenge every single edict that that woman on the fourth floor up in Santa Fe, hands down, period. Right now, the people who are pushing it, I can feel you. I can feel those enemies that are just listening to me right now. I can feel you right now. I can, I can literally feel you. I want you to know that. I want you to know that we're coming for you. Whatever you throw at us, we're going to run right through it. And when we don't, we'll find another person who's going to run right over you. We won't stop teaming. COVID-19 has been absolutely horrible for this state. The most restrictive state. Oh, that's good. Well, everybody needs to get the vaccine. Then finally we're going to reduce. Well, if you got 80, I don't know, it's 82% of the people have at least one vaccine. Is it reducing anything? Honestly, why am I wearing the mask? Well, somebody tell me what's going on here. Oh, yeah. Oh, that one guy who died from ivermectin, we think, who must have. I think we can attribute. I'm not really sure. I'm a doctor, but I'm, I just uh, play one on uh, news conferences at 3 p.m. in Santa Fe. Crime. Don't even get me started. There's so many different ways to go with that. I don't know if, uh, if it's just a police department and all the drama that's happening there, the corruption within the department that's preventing that, or the fact that you know the DOJ has our entire police department mummified. I can tell you there's nobody protecting you but you out on the street and no scanners so nobody can actually listen to anything. How bad is it? Well, another murder right in the wide open on Tramway and Central. There it is. Probably a drug deal gone wrong right there while people are picking up some, hey, honey, I decided to go ahead and uh, head home. I'm going to stop by uh, Smith's and get a few things. Maybe we can celebrate something. I'll grab a bottle of wine for the evening. Right there, 4.30 in the afternoon, wide open. A good, good, good time for a little uh, a break there, Murder Mike. You can help fill in that blank uh, right there. 6.03 here in the Kiva on a Friday afternoon. Tell us about uh, what happened, Murder Mike, yesterday I sure at Smith and uh, Tramway. As, at, uh, actually, just like you said, at 4.30 in the afternoon, uh, AP is investigating a homicide that occurred in the east side of Albuquerque Thursday afternoon. Police say that they got a call around 4.30 about a man shot in the parking lot of Smith's at Carlisle and Tramway. Police say they believe that an argument broke out between two people and vehicles, each in a vehicle, and where shots were fired. One vehicle sped away while the other one just rolled down the parking lot and came to a stop with a, an, an unidentified male 
uh, dead in the car at the scene. Police have not released any more information, and this is an ongoing homicide investigation because we don't know what's really going on. But uh, good news, that is about to change because, catch my breath here, APD scanners are, are being unencrypted. APD spokesman said that over the next two weeks, yes. the department will be testing its new radio system to make sure that devices are able to switch to encrypted channels when necessary. Well, they knew that all along. When necessary. That's that's very interesting. Hope nothing happens while those channels are encrypted, right, Murder Mike? Uh, that's correct. Because, I mean, then, you know, uh, well, uh, and the city of Albuquerque recently upgraded its radio system so APD officers can communicate with neighboring agencies. Well, this has been an ongoing We've known this for years that they were going to go to the 700 bank van so they could uh, communicate with the state police and other agencies. And officers were issued the new radios in March, and city leaders have touted that improvements are critical during incidents such as the August 19th shootout that injured four officers. I don't know what that has to do with it, other than uh, the state police were there and they were able to communicate with them. It was said that the, that the department's channels will be accessible only to a Personal personnel during the testing period, but the communications office will continue to send out alerts for all homicide and fatal crash callouts, as well as other critical incidents. But I have received nothing. In response to questions about whether the radio will be public again, GPIO uh, Kaigo said it will be in it will be in some format. So, in other words, <laughs> we don't know any more than we did when we get into this, but. Hopefully they'll unencrypt it. So there's a lot of pressure on, you know, with the media and everything. So hopefully it'll whoa, go whoa, back whoa. to the way it there, was. There wasn't a lot of pressure. Well, you created that pressure one week ago today. We had a giant well, yeah. shooting over at uh, Hotel Blue. Nobody knew about that until uh, uh, Sunday night, uh, Monday morning. And you got 114 shares, all that information out there. Um, generally, somewhere between two to 250 people who are tuning in at any one time. I don't care, bad guy, good guys, what, that's how many people, and they shut things off, and we haven't been able to track a single thing all week long. Uh, but we are at 93 murders, at least for my count. Uh, 99, I think, is what the ABQ report has. Uh, ABQ yeah, report. we're, we're approaching the century mark in the homicides yeah. in, uh, in Burnell County or, or uh, the urban urban area. So let's hope so. I mean, uh, you know, we've got a lot of radio equipment out there, and again, uh, you know, uh, I, I spearheaded it because when the when the radios first went dark, I started calling the other my friends at some of the media uh, outlets and and they had no clue. They they like what you mean their scanners aren't working? What really? And then they're calling me back later. Hey, did you hear what happened here? Did you hear what happened there? Well, <laughs> like, yeah. like like it's news to you. <laughs> yeah, they're playing boomerang. I'm like, yeah, I put out that information actually. Yes, we did. And so um, I mean, you know, we we've, we've consistently been first with. Uh, Real news, what's really happening in Albuquerque, and I think that, uh, well, I, that's speculation on my part. I can only speculate, and we don't speculate here, so. There you go. we got to uh, get it right on the money. I'm going to take a quick break with you really quick. I'm going to bring back uh, Rudy Grande, and then I'm going to bring you back for more talk about crime. Murder Mike, let's do one last check on weather and traffic. Thanks for hanging in there, Rudy Grande. Uh, make sure that you guys uh, go get some cigars uh, over at Monty Cigar Shop. Seriously. Uh, I think tomorrow will be a perfect day to do it. Whether you're going to head out uh, before you go tailgate, you're going to go to the football game, whatever it is that you're going to do, uh, maybe think about where we are 20 years later on 9-11. That's going to be a very hard day tomorrow uh, for a lot of people, including me, because everybody can remember 
that stuff. So uh, why not just do that? Pick something up in the morning and just remember, uh, you know, where you were and all that. And, uh, you know, think about those people who lost their lives on that day. Let's check on weather and traffic. Rudy Grande. All right. As we put things together, we're going to start with the weather, which is just going to be hot for the next several. And right now, no getting away from it. It's 96 degrees in Rio Rancho, 95 at the Rock of Talk. A little sloppy getting out of Rio Rancho right now on the 528. It's going to be okay coming down the hill, but at Ellison, you start to pump the brakes on your way to Eagle Ranch Road. Then things will improve on your way over to Paseo del Norte. That drive, by the way, is still looking pretty good at Paseo del Norte westbound. Coming off 525 all the way to the west side. And it looks like things are improving on I-40. The westbound trip looks pretty swell as you make your way from I-25 at the Big Eye all the way over to Coors Boulevard. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing uh, for tomorrow, Eddie. You know, should I come in about 10, 11 o'clock? Macanudo, La Gloria Cubana. I, which cigar will we take to the Lobo game tomorrow? Hey, come on by. Monte Cigar Shop, really easy to get to. It's on San Mateo, just north of Comanche. With that, we're up to date. Have a great weekend, everybody. Let's go back to the Rock of Talk. All right. Thanks, Rudy. Thanks for being so patient. So, Matt, uh, we love him, and uh, we love his shop, Monty Cigar Shop. So good stuff. That's a true original uh, guy. Let's go back to uh, Murder Mike, uh, 609 uh, here in the Kiva. Murder Mike. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about uh, what's been going on, as much as you can possibly gather without scanners the last 24 hours. Okay, well, I can tell you, last night, uh, our dumpster arsonist was added again from this coming from the fire department radio. There was about 16 dumpsters that were torched over a period of a uh, couple of hours in the Old Town area. The biggest one was at uh, Garcia's right there at uh, Mountain. I think it's a mountain in Rio Grande. Uh, they had a large dumpster fire that almost ignited the uh, restaurant, so that happened. Uh, there was approximately just almost a dozen uh, aggravated assaults which reached the level of uh, rescue and ambulance, reached the level of needing medical attention. Uh, there was a real bad car accident on eastbound I-40 at the 148 mile marker. Multiple vehicles were involved with one entrapment. And wouldn't you know, right after the concert, gets, I guess there was a concert last night at the uh, Isleta Amphitheater, whatever they want to call it now, but there was a, a motorcycle accident on Bobby Foster at university, and that impaired... Uh, impeded the flow of traffic leaving the concert. So that's kind of a that's what I could get off the, the fire department radios there, Eddie. So <laughs> a little bit of what's going on in Albuquerque. All right, Murder Mike, I appreciate you. Uh, can't listen to the scanners over the weekend, but keep track of what you can. And uh, as always, uh, you know, I think uh, we're out of the Murder Mike t-shirts, uh, but you might be able to Oh, my pick goodness. Up. Yeah, so uh, go to Kill Check Brewing Company and uh, go pick up whatever you can. Uh, Mike was there and having a good time with the people who decided to have hey, a couple of studs after. Yeah, did you have fun last night? Great turn- well, I was going to say, great turnout yesterday. I was really impressed. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I had nothing but awe and amazement with the, at the turnout you had yesterday at your beat and grease. So uh, I think we're well on our way to seeing our next city manager take office. Yeah, we've got to stop glorifying all these political positions and realize it's an actual job to do. When you're 50th and everything and things are bad, you better be working, be willing to work harder than anybody else to clean stuff up. And that's just the way it is. It's not, uh, you know, photo shoots and all the rest of this stuff. Let's just clean up this city. And if we have to find more well, can- more people to do it, uh, we'll find more. Anybody can run, Mike. You could run for something. You, if you want to yeah, run, go ahead it. and run. You don't have to have uh, anything. It's just, you know, they wanted to make fun of me and do all this kind of stuff. You don't have to worry about it. So go out and go. If you want to get yourself on the ballot, uh, there's nothing that should stop you, okay? 
make the city better. And make the city better. Well, I, I think you're you're the one that's going to be able to do it. I've known you for a well, while. Well, I'm going to find a lot of other people too. We got to find everybody. Well, that there's we can. a lot of people out there. It's going to take a joint enterprise. It's going to take a lot of cooperation from a lot of people, and it's going to take a a turn. It, uh, I think the city's just going to have to take that one initial turn, and then once that turn is made, then it'll start going uphill. And when it, when it starts going uphill, it'll be a downhill battle. Yeah, I think the other, other thing too is like, uh, there's so many cities, you know, in our surrounding states that just do so well. They get good policies, right? They get people to move in. You know, they're growing faster than, you know, weeds in your backyard. Um, you know, people are having a, you know, you know, they're living life, you know, 24 uh, seven. People in Albuquerque aren't living life. We got to break out of this crap. I mean, this is just I too think so, much. Because we have such a beautiful city. We have, uh, we, surrounding, could, we got, Zendy, we, could. Cage, we, got yeah. Steen, we got, you know, everything around Albuquerque is just, it's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful state. I love it here. I moved away, and it's like a magnet. It pulled me back, and then I, I stayed here. So, and you're the same. So, you know, homeboy. That's right. <laughs> They're not going to drive us from here. That's not what's going to happen. We're not going to let these transplants and these uh, corrupt individuals uh, do that. I appreciate you, Murder Mike. Uh, 550 That's 550 Um I will be live tomorrow uh, with the Liberty Ladies. Actually, uh, we're going to have Liberty Lady Natalie will be here. So I'll be here for the broadcast. I'll continue with the five C's uh, here in just a moment. Remember, we've already covered city, COVID, and crime. And I'll hit the the last two uh, one more time just for everybody to kind of round about. And I'll be happy to take your calls at 550-5500. The uh, phones are forwarded. Any question that you have or whatever you want to wrap about, I'm pretty cool on that of up until about 6:45, so about another half hour um so liberty ladies beyond we're going to cut it short i'm going to try and get to the football game i want to thank uh, uh a friend of the campaign uh, joe for uh making it possible to uh come and visit him and and other people there at the the, the uh, football game we of course i mean you can buy tickets uh, right now so i had some tickets already um but we're going to be visiting with everybody so if you see me out there i'd love to shake your hand and see you and uh, I'll be walking probably through the bleachers and, uh, you know, waving high because it's going to be a good crowd out there. And I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, uh, the Lobos, uh, which I was. I, back in 93, 94, I played for the Lobos you know, for a short time. Um, and I enjoyed it tremendously. I love Coach Fran and our class did quite well. One of my uh, high school teammates uh, later became um, uh, University of New Mexico Lobo. Uh, Adam Wysong, his son, um, I don't, I haven't met him. But uh, he is uh, one to watch. He's a true freshman. I think he caught like five passes last week or something like that for 58 yards against uh, Houston Baptist. So go out and, and enjoy yourself. Um, really, really enjoy yourself. Stay safe, of course, but go tailgate. I mean, there's uh, good families, uh, people who uh, own uh, business environments, the Hoovers. You know, those are people that my, my family certainly likes to be around. And, and uh, find some friends, uh, create new traditions, create new opportunities go buy yourself a nice chest uh, or something like that and, and hang out in the back and then walk into the stadium and, and start treating albuquerque like it's a big city because under my leadership it's going to get big i can assure you i'm going to be reaching out i'm going to be taking all those people um from phoenix i'm going to be taking those people from utah i'm going to be taking those people from other uh cities certainly austin texas i mean you know these people uh, these cities have gotten too big we've got to bring all these people here in Colorado. I mean, there's so many people I know right now who are unhappy in Colorado and in Denver. And I'm telling you, they want to leave. We can we can create room to grow. I've got to be able, and let's just hit the fourth C, and that's commerce. Um, you know, I've got a lot of things that I, I want to hit on. Industrial development is big. 
you got to have new planning uh, track homes. You know, of course, uh, no new developers are wanting to to build here. Most of the new developers are wanting to go to Los Lunas or Rio Rancho. So we got to make it enticing for people to want to live in Albuquerque again. And there is developable land that we can get a hold of. And, you know, this master plan stuff that they've been doing, which is geared more uh, uh, towards uh, Agenda 2030, we need to reexamine a lot of this and, and start working with those people who have been pushing this stuff for literally decades uh, with their grand scheme of things and never get anything done. Uh, New Mexico, excuse me, Albuquerque has been slow, slow developing because you don't have mayors and leadership who really understand. I mean, the Albuquerque rapid transit should be eliminated day one if we can, if we can possibly do that. I mean, I'll, I'll go out there. I'll be the first guy next to you and you're next to me on the same pl- uh, pad just taking a giant sledgehammer to those decks and just deciding to go ahead and, and erase that bad memory that has been created over the last, I don't know, seven years, six years, however long we've been at, uh, creating that. And that's something that we need to restore Knob Hill. You got to restore downtown. I think it, uh, that, if you'll notice, whenever they talk about the revitalization of downtown, and if you go back, notice that not one mayor has ever decided that they've wanted to do that. They haven't. They haven't made that a, a real, true initiative and in, in, in a focus. And I think that's one of the reasons why why it's failed is because the city council and the the mayor uh, have not been focused on making sure that it's a place for commerce, not just hanging out or going someplace, you know, twice a week, Friday, Saturday night, but that people actually want to be there. Right now, if you were to look at downtown, that's not a place where people want to be. People don't generally want to be in Knob Hill. You know, that a lot of what the developable growth is actually infringing upon the Ridgecrest area, you know, just which is just uh, right up the road from me. These are people, uh, we owe it to them to increase their property values, and not just because it's a frothy market or things like that, but actually, you know, do something to support these people and their homes and the infrastructure that's in the area. Not just beautifying it and making sure the medians and everything else looks good, but the road repairs and then keeping out the riffraff. If anybody's ever played SimCity as much as I used to play it, which is a lot of fun, you could figure out how to create cities, and it's really a pretty simple formula. It's really easy. Make people happy things really start to prosper. You know, the happiness quotient comes in and these people, well, you give them a little bit of happiness and they somehow generate a lot more happiness sort of on their own. You just leave them alone and you just make the nice environment for them. You know, if you're a nature versus nurture guy, I'm telling you, nature, when it comes to development, really helps more than anything. So, you know, one of the things that you can do is create better environs. And that's not by creating up and down one street with roundabouts and all sorts of crazy stuff. You haven't seen one city that's actually prospered like that. People are in a hurry. They've got places to go. They certainly want to take in, but they don't want to be over-regulated and certainly not um, with, uh, you know, when it comes to the streets and, and the things that are sort of blocking the flow, right? You always think about two, two, two words that are important to me, and I tell it all the time to my team, okay? I tell them flow, not force, okay? Signal, not noise. You got to keep things simple people. People respond to signal. They want to know exactly what it is that you want to do. They know, got to know exactly what the goal is. That's leadership. They want to know exactly what's expected of them. They want you to lead them. Okay. Same thing goes for the city and environment. Well, we built this here. How can we make it better? You lead people. Signal, not noise. Flow, not force. We don't want to reestablish new behaviors. You know how difficult it is to establish uh, new behaviors for people? Even now, we're 18 months in. I mean, you've got a good portion of this population that's just pushing back against the, you know, COVID new habits that they've had to adopt. Oh, I got to keep the social distance. Oh, I got to put them out. Before you know it, you don't even remember why you went to the store or why you got in your car in the first place. 
I guarantee there's people out there right now who have lived exactly what I just stated. Why did I get in my car? I don't know, but I needed to get my mask, and I know that uh, I got to find my Vax cart. Really? That's where we're at? Does that feel like uh, flow or force? Well, <laughs> it definitely feels like force to me, and that's not a, a world that I want to live in. I know it's not a world that you want to live in, especially when you see these just beautiful open areas. People come in from all over the place. And what they say about New Mexico is, I know where I'm at. I just stare at those mountains. Find somebody in the Midwest or in the South. The first thing those, thing, those people talk about is like, wow, you guys got something pretty cool here, man. This is really great stuff. Those mountains are amazing. I'd move here just for those mountains. Like, uh, or the ocean is just further down. You can, uh, the ocean's restricted. It's dirty. You can't get there. It's crowded. But, you know, with Albuquerque, you always got those mountains. You got the moonrise and the sunset. And how is it that we got ourselves to this place? Now, I realize there's probably some, some clouds there in the area that are questionable. How did we get to this place where things aren't as good as they could be? Overregulated. How do you get a city? How do you get a, a country like Australia? How do you get Australia so overregulated where they're pulling people out of their cars because of incitement? Really, literally, that's what they're, 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 they're pulling people out. I posted some of this stuff on Telegram, and they're, they're yanking a woman. She's staring at a phone, and she's saying, i got to record this. They literally yanked her out of her car, and they arrested her for incitement. We're almost to that level here, folks. We've criminalized people who are maskless, who are vaxless. You've been shunned. You've been people's, every, everyone's like a regular... I guarantee more than 50% of the people will be like, I, I'd be, I'm good without all this. A good portion of the people don't want to believe what they've injected into their body because they don't know. The contents of the disclosure of the thing that you had to take wasn't disclosed to you. Something called informed consent. Well, you don't have that when it comes to the government. You can't even sue the actual companies that develop the vaccine, quote-unquote vaccines. We know it's gene therapy. The vaccines, you can't sue these people because they're trying to help you. You should let them test you out. How do we get to that whole extrapolation? Well, flow force. What are you willing to live with? What will you not be willing to live with? People here used to be a free people. That's why we chose this place. We came up the river. We're like, let's pitch a couple of tents. Let's spread the word of God and uh, let's build some families. Huh? How about it? <laughs> and all of a sudden, well, now we're going to drive you from here. And all of a sudden, well, 1680 turned into 1693, and people are like, no, I want to go ahead and have those people who were here before. We had law and order. We restored. We were able to live in harmony. Now, a couple of guys there, they had small man syndrome, and all of a sudden they were upset. They started decided of uh, killing off a bunch of Spaniards and got angry, and you know, there we go. We're going to invite them back. And now they're telling us, well, you've got to be driven from your home once again. La Entrada, right? Talking about all these crazy things that nobody was even aware of. We were all doing fine in the 80s, 80s, 90s, and the aughts. People all go to Santa Fe, Indian market, Spanish market. When are those two markets going to start a war with each other? You have that weekend. That was the weekend that so-and-so got killed back in 1723. What? What are you talking about? Oh, okay, you're right. 
we're going to move our weekend because someone got killed in 1723. That wasn't a Spaniard, but that was an Indian. And the Spaniards have been doing the Spanish market. It sounds like it's in Trotto. Like, that's the logic. You know that that's the logic, right? Like, that, that is about as <laughs> I sound crazy. It's because that thought pattern is crazy. Political correctness. Oh, Columbus Day. We're going to get rid of that. We're going to have Indigenous Peoples Day. Okay. Where did all that start? Right downtown. Red Nation. Red Nation said, Ray Garduño, we're going to go ahead and get rid of Columbus Day. What happened with the University of New Mexico? Right? Red Nation is starting to get all up in arms. You got uh, one guy who's got a Harvard education. He organizes a bunch of other people, and they said, we're going to go ahead and get rid of Columbus Day. Okay. Well, if you there's 364 other days on the calendar. We'll give you an entire month in November. We can kind of figure out what we do. I mean, I don't know how you want to feel validated, but we got to get over something at some point. And I think we've moved you know, pretty far ahead at this point. But I guess we haven't. 550-5500. got a couple of callers there on the line. Call here in the Kiva. Go ahead. Uh, yes, hello. Hi, Eddie. Uh, good evening to you. This hey, how are you? This is David. Hey, David. How I'm are you? doing good. Good, I'm good. doing good. This, this is David, and uh, also known as Secession Dave. Secession Dave. All right. right. I like that. Yes. Yeah. And the reason I'm calling is to let you know that I'm supporting you. You know, I don't I don't live in Albuquerque. I live over here in Peralta. But uh, I sent my contribution in last week, and I'm putting your stick, your bumper stickers on Thank my cars. You, I have two. Uh, I have two cars. I'm going to put one, one on each side, and one in the back, so, you know, so they can be seen from all sides. Thank you so much. And, did you get a? Did, okay. you, did you happen to uh, come down yesterday? Did you get a T-shirt? No, I wasn't able to make it down yesterday okay. over there. Okay, but you know, I I never put bumper stickers on my car, never ever. I don't believe in them. Oh wow! But in in this case, I do believe in it because, like you're saying, this is very important. Well, that's good. I'm uh, yeah. I'm very happy, and this is very important. And you love New Mexico, and so do I. So let's start here, and then we can uh, the road for 2022 to get MLG out of the office as well as uh, take over the house. This is where it starts. Right, right, and also. Uh, Let's see what else was I going to say. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, I wanted to encourage everybody, okay, to really give, give till it hurts, okay. This five dollar, ten dollar, twenty dollar isn't going to cut it. Everybody can give at least a hundred dollars, and I'd like to encourage wow. everybody who's listening to really give because this is this is critical. This is a critical time, you know. And uh, we got we got you know this is a step to saving the country and uh, getting control of our federal government again. Well, it's been less than a week since I was, uh, quote-unquote, served with that, and I have uh, not asked for a single dollar since I've ended up in court because I don't want anybody to say that I was raising money while I was in court or any of that other kind of stuff. And, yeah, uh, I can go ahead and open up the lines again. If you guys want to go ahead and make your donations, all you have to do is go to fightfor505.com. That's fightfor505.com. I haven't even thought about it. I got to tell you, David, sometimes I feel like I'm almost enough to just fight on my own. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But obviously... That yeah, can't, that can't to, happen. I want to I directly address all those people that are listening. You know, give, give at least a hundred dollars. You can afford it. This, yeah. is, this is critical. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to say today. But I'll probably be calling in again tomorrow to talk to the Liberty ladies. Okay, good. All right. The session, okay. Dave. Thank you very much, sir. Okay, out in Paralta. How's the, it's nice over there. There's so many people who listen to us out in uh, that neck of the woods. I mean, all that whole area is great. So I love that. So Secession Dave, there he is. Uh, Let me read the story that just came in. Thanks for sharing it. 
says, this is from KRQE, talk, ho- talk show host. <clears throat> talk show host Eddie Arrigo. <laughs> Let's embarrass him. I don't even know what it looks like. Ariana Kraft it says, conservative talk show host and radio station. I like how they put conservative, right? Oh, there's a guy I can vote for. He's conservative. Uh, talk, he's so conservative, he doesn't even, uh, you know, he conserves so much. <laughs> conservative talk show host and radio station owner Eddie Aragon is running for Albuquerque mayor. A registered voter is filing a petition to try and get him disqualified. Petitioner Esther Rivera believes that Aragon is not qualified to run for mayor due to filling under his control of commercial property and not a residence. You must be a resident. It doesn't mean you have to be a homeowner, but you must be a resident. For me, with all this talk of election integrity, I think it starts with a candidate with candidate integrity. Yeah, namely her candidate. Esther Rivera is a big supporter of Manny Gonzalez. Uh, fraud four times now. Going to ask for a fifth. According to Facebook post, Rivera questions Eddie Aragon's character. She supports Manny Gonzalez. She explains that opinion comes from her experience working for his campaign when he ran for 2017. I never paid her a dollar and she never worked for me. But that is not why she uh, filed this petition. I can show you the the other information on it, but I'm not going to comment. Eddie Aragon filed his candidate registration with the city of Albuquerque, April 21st, 2021. That's pretty cool. Don't you like those numbers? Maybe I did that on purpose. Talk show host voter registration shows his residence as 2309 Renard Place Southeast. It's actually Suite 204. Yeah, here I am. I've been cooped up in my uh, suite, by the way, for the last uh, week. That is the office space of his radio station, according to the petition. Aragon sold his home. No, I didn't sell a home. I rented a house, and I give it away. Uh, moved into his office space May of 2021. Uh, that is also wrong. Apparently, she didn't listen very much. She must have been doing something else while the entire time that KRQ was on there. Shame on you, Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson, Bill Anderson, the uh, head of the local KRQE uh, news. Eddie Aragon says, I got rid of the house and I've been looking for a house, but I've also had established this place that it is my residence. That is true, which is why I put it on the petition that everybody signed. District Court Judge Joshua Allen, nice guy. Sorry, uh, Joshua Allen. I, I'm not in court very often, so I don't know how. You know. I'm very, I talk a lot, so I didn't mean to talk over anybody. Got a little slap on the hand for that. Is denying the petition Aragon will maintain his status as candidate for mayor. Yay! There we go. He says he does not believe the city of Albuquerque can restrict Aragon from running because he's residing in the building and doesn't have any intention of leaving. Whether he is legally allowed to live there is a zoning issue. Come at Tim Keller, Bernalillo County Sheriff Gonzalez will also appear on the ballot. The mayor election is November 2nd. So there it is. That's as much as I got. And um, there you go. So good stuff. <clears throat> so I guess without further ado, Commerce and Corruption, and those are the five. We'll be putting out all that. Uh, if you guys want to pick up our materials and everything, you can pick them up, uh, pick them up uh, directly uh, at Republican Party Headquarters, uh, which will be 5150 San Francisco Street. For those people who showed up yesterday, and you'll be able to pick up uh, more of that stuff uh, beginning on Monday. And uh, I know there was a lot of people who wanted to hear how I did since I'm now officially in the race. So we'll kick it off right here uh, by going directly to the tape, which, of course, you can find at eddiewins.com. That's eddiewins.com, and I know you guys want to see how I did uh, that night uh, on that debate. Uh, and there's another debate coming uh, in, I believe, September 28th, which will be the first time I think I can actually, uh, they're going to say my name on another radio station here locally. So we'll do that. All right, folks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you tomorrow at the Lobo Game. See you tomorrow on air 2 to 5 uh, with uh, Natalie of Liberty Ladies. Don't forget, uh, Rebecca is going to be at the Rio Rancho Gun Show. Uh, so I'll be at the gun show with her a few times over the weekend. So come say hi, come visit, uh, whatever you want. I think that we're going to get some shirts. Uh, you're welcome to make a donation for the shirts and the hats or whatever you want to do to kind of support our campaign. 
Um, if you want to be a volunteer, that's the one that we want the most. If you can't give money, give your time, uh, which is just as valuable, and in some cases even more. Um, for those of you who decided to donate to our campaign uh, prior to all this fracas that was happening in the courts, we really appreciate you. You've allowed us to go ahead and uh, have a, a breeze. But now we get to kick off the campaign in earnest. We did it yesterday through the courts today and down and out in Albuquerque tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for listening, for tuning in on AM1600 KIVA, abq.fm, rockoftalk.com. This is the Rock of Talk on AM1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. So in alphabetical order, we have candidate Eddie Aragon. He's the owner of a radio station and a talk show host. Welcome, and how are you doing this evening, sir? Good evening, everybody. Uh, I'm Eddie Aragon. I am the owner of the Rock of Talk, which is an AM radio station here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I'm 11th generation New Mexican, father of two. We're going to get to your opening statements in just a second. I I, I just wanted to do a sound check. uh, Okay, I didn't know. I thought we'd start right off. Thank you. But uh, we'll get back to you in just a sec. Candidate Manny Gonzalez is the Bernalillo County Sheriff. Welcome this evening, sir, and how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, and we can hear you just fine. Thank you so much. And finally, candidate Tim Keller is the mayor of Albuquerque. How are you this evening? Good evening. Good to see everybody. All right. Thank you so much, and we can hear you as well. So to start our discussion tonight, we would like each of you to make an opening statement, introducing yourselves and your campaigns. We will do so in alphabetical order uh, one more time before we start switching things up. You each have two minutes, and we will begin with Mr. Aragon. Take it away. Yeah, thank you, uh, Mr. Rice. I appreciate it. Uh, I am Eddie Aragon, as I stated before, 11th generation Mexican. Care deeply, as uh, do all of our candidates, about uh, this great city, which is why we're all running for mayor. And uh, I'm excited about the opportunity. And uh, I'm the father of two, a graduate of St. Pius X High School, uh, a student of both uh, public and private school, and a graduate of the University of New Mexico with degrees in uh, political science and economics. And I got to tell you, uh, looking at the state of our city, the state of our state, but particularly the largest population in the entire state, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, we have suffered. And I know that we are all going through this, uh, both uh, due to the uh, corona pandemic, uh, as well as the lack of economic growth that that is not just brought on, but the, that has been induced uh, even before that lost decade that we have all uh, inherited. I'm just going to make a brief statement about my candidacy and what I'm doing. And uh, we are all about going from failure to first. It's going to take generations. Uh, We're not even an average city at this point. Uh, Albuquerque is a place that I am certainly proud to be proud of. But this is a very difficult time to for many people to go ahead and be proud of Albuquerque because a lot of people are picking up and leaving. You know people. I do as well. We have the five C's that we're focused on in terms of our, and of course, we're running the city of Albuquerque. Uh, the two gentlemen who are my opponents uh, are already doing so, and I'd like the opportunity to express my vision on behalf of the city of Albuquerque. The second C, of course, is crime. That's one of the things, I appreciate that, that one of the things that we have talked about uh, at length, uh, record homicides at 86. Commerce, business, as a business person, as a business owner, you've seen that suffer. Uh, and of course, corruption. That has been a huge deal here in the city of Albuquerque. And so when I express my point very simply, the five points, uh, that's what I'm running on here in the city of Albuquerque. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Aragon. Mr. Gonzalez, your opening statements, two minutes. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm 
sure if Manuel Gonzalez III. I was born and raised in Albuquerque. Uh, shortly after I graduated from high school, I went to the United States Marine Corps and served there honor- honorably and meritoriously. Uh, I have a beautiful family. Uh, in my upbringing, I was raised to have uh, work hard and, and, and serve people. Uh, through that time, uh, after I came back from the United States Marine Corps, I happened to pursue a career in law, and I've been serving there for 30 years. But I've also had the opportunity to spend 20 years. And I'm bringing these two different things I've been very successful in to to the candidacy of mayor. But that's not the way it always was. When I first took office on January 1st, 2015, very demoralized, second-rate, very uh, politically polarized department. And also, the county was facing a major deficit. But I didn't run away from those challenges. What I did is we did more with less. And I had a vision and a plan for the sheriff's office. More importantly, I have the success of doing that that no other candidate has done. And I want to be able to transfer those skills to those two ma- or those three maidens that my platform's about. One being, first and foremost, is crime, it's homelessness, and the third is jobs in the economy. That thing would bode more well for, this, for the citizens who I put first and not politics, unlike other candidates. The leadership that Albuquerque needs to be successful because we need to take this opportunity for everybody to thrive and restore Albuquerque to the crown jewel of the Southwest. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. And a quick note, I've noticed a couple of people in the chat saying that they can only see my face on their Zoom feed. Uh, First of all, I want to apologize for that. Uh, you, you You could do better on this Zoom call. Uh, but second, if, if any of the other hosts know if that's a problem we can handle or if that's a problem on on, on an individual's uh, Zoom, uh, you've, you've been given an FYI there. All right. Uh, we conclude the opening statements with Mr. Keller. You have two minutes. Thanks so much, Peter, and good evening, everyone. Uh, it's been my honor uh, to serve as your mayor the last four years, and I think folks are pretty familiar with my background, but was born and raised in Albuquerque as well and I uh, have two young children uh, attending APS schools. And when I think back about four years ago, you know, I asked voters to trust me to lead. And I pledged that we would face our toughest challenges head on and that we would dig deep and address root causes on crime, homelessness, jobs, and security. And that we wouldn't shy away from tough decisions. And I think we've honored that commitment and respected the magnitude of those challenges with resolve and dedication, not with one-liners and sound bites about how easy it is to address any of this because none of these are easy problems to fix. Now, last year, COVID-19 pandemic also presented a crisis like no other. And we worked hard to make decisions that saved lives and livelihoods and to keep us safe. We're starting to do that again as the pandemic comes back. So we've changed our city's approach to policing with the, the, the new uh, community safety department. We also continue our commitment to adding resources, whether it's for diversion or whether it's everyday officers on the street. We stepped up and we have put out a vision and purchased the Gateway Center to find meaningful answers for homelessness. And we also know that we have announced thousands of good paying jobs coming to Albuquerque's working families, more than have been announced in the last decade combined. So with revitalized public safety efforts, 
and what we're doing with homelessness and jobs. I believe this is on top of our nationally leading sustainability efforts. And so now is the time to continue going in the right direction, to keep moving forward and hit the accelerator and not move backwards. That's why I'm running for real life. All right, thank you very much. Uh, question one for the lot of you here tonight is about homelessness, uh, homeless encampments rather, that have become endemic in our area. Uh, they are a problem on several different levels, whether the goal is public safety, clean and walkable environments, appealing parks, a friendly business climate, or indeed a safe place for people without homes to be, the encampments are not helping us get there. What are your plans for dealing with homeless encampments throughout our, our area? And do those, do those plans include the creation of officially sanctioned camps, which are sometimes known as safe outdoor spaces? You have two minutes, and we will begin with Mr. Keller. Thank you for that question, and um, let me make sure I know you guys can hear me. Okay, so I support an all-the-above approach, and I think that's what you need. We have over 5,000 homeless people unsheltered in our streets, and I know that to try and help all of those 5,000 people, you have to do different things based on their unique situation. And so there's several things that we've been doing is number one, you have to reach out and offer help. And that's why we've been increasing our community outreach officers. And that's part of even the new community safety department that we're building. And eventually though, we still do enforce things like you can't have people camping in dangerous areas. And so we do have folks doing that, but there's a huge backlog. So against this backdrop, though, is, I think, a national situation coming out of the pandemic where homelessness is growing everywhere. And that's why what we have to do is we have to provide somewhere where they can go and where people can take them. And that's the idea behind the Gateway Center. The idea is you've got to have somewhere that's open 24-7 where folks can go voluntarily or our service outreach providers can take them and they can get shelter and then they can be triaged in terms of do they need to have behavioral health services? Do they need mental health services? Uh, do they need a housing voucher? Do they need job training? These are the kinds of things that we know we can offer, but we cannot do that until we have this 24-7 center. And that's why I stepped up after the voters approved it and purchased the old Gibson Medical Center so that we could build that facility. And I will tell you, until we have that, you're not going to make a major dent in our unsheltered population. All right, thank you. Mr. Gallen, Mr. Gonzalez, you are next with two minutes. Can you repeat the question just so I'm clear on it? I'm sure homeless encampments have become endemic in our area. Uh, what are your plans for dealing with them? Uh, and do those include officially sanctioned uh, camps, sometimes known as safe outdoor spaces? Okay, thank you for repeating that question. So, we live in a checkerboard community, and I just want to make it very clear that this isn't a national epidemic. We do not have the same issue in Bernalillo County and in the unincorporated areas because we have a very robust plan and service to provide help for those people that are in crisis. I don't necessarily uh, label them as people in ho as homeless, but they are people in crisis. I happen to sit on the President's Commission for homelessness, mental illness, and substance abuse. And you have to be able to screen these people and provide them with the wraparound services that they need in order to identify their diagnosis on their issues. And so you're going to find out through screening and proactive mobilization of resources to include law enforcement, 
public health, behavioral health, to screen these people to identify the help they need. Because sometimes some of these individuals are choosing to either ingest, smoke, uh, shoot up, uh, fentanyl, and other illicit drugs in our community. And nobody is enforcing these public ordinances that need to be enforced. Because literally there's thousands of needles throughout the metro area on a daily basis. And it's a public health issue that nobody's addressed on the state or city level. We will remedy that by staffing and find the services and resources those people need to be successful. All right, thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Mr. Aragon, two minutes. Thank you for the uh, question. We have 1,534 people or 84 people that are out on the streets. Uh, we've become a destination and a haven for homeless people. We have catered and coddled the uh, homeless people. And I could tell you right now at, at this point, the approach that we've taken isn't working, whether it's building tiny houses, eight of 40 that are actually filled uh, due to the uh, fact that they can't get clean. There are certain requirements to get in. We spent an extreme amount of money, and I know construction pretty well from a small business and uh, the son of a contractor, at $950 a square foot housing them and uh, taking these guys on and keeping them here isn't helping us. Uh, you certainly have seen the number of people and temporary homeless uh, people generally find themselves in hotels. We've had 11 murders that have taken place uh, here in hotels here across uh, our, our great city. Unfortunately, as we continue this approach where we uh, set up competition by creating more government solutions for homelessness rather than enable the nonprofit organizations and especially the churches out there who are willing to do anything and everything they possibly can to go ahead and bring them in. Uh, most homeless people, and I will tell you, as the uh, grandson of a, a homeless grandmother uh, who was uh, mentally ill, she did not get satisfied and get taken care of until we brought her in. And one of the things that we need more in our city is more love and more caring. Churches are a great place for that, uh, not to mention lots of nonprofit uh, organizations. But when the government and our mayor is setting up competition for them, uh, they won't go there. And he's deferred. My great friend, uh, Jeremy Reynolds, had a lot of problems when uh, Mayor Keller decided to go ahead and step in and start competing with them. So we need to help these nonprofit organizations. Uh, to Manny Gonzalez's point, they don't need to be audited. Uh, these are organizations that are willing to take them on. And when people have uh, passion, uh, they can ha actually have purpose in their life, and they need to do that for themselves. And we can certainly aid that, but we can't take on the entirety of that problem. We need to stop bringing them into the city of Albuquerque. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Mr. Aragon. Right, uh, right on time there. Uh, for our next question, I want to first give a quick note of orientation. We will be asking you all about crime as a general topic in a little bit, but right now we'd like to focus on an extremely local criminal justice matter. Uh, because we understand that the city has made a commitment to create a special public safety district in the area around the new homeless facility planned for the Gibson Medical Center property. This would apparently be modeled after the downtown public safety district, which is a group of several officers who work at dedicated beat in the central business area. What is your position on public safety districts generally, and would you support such a district in the 4th Street corridor from roughly Mountain to Manal, where prominent homeless services have been located for years. You have one minute for this question, and we'll begin with Mr. Gonzalez. So that was in reference to the Gateway Center, correct? And, and, and special public safety districts. 
around the Gateway Center and, and potentially forest. Sure. Uh, after several conversations, I'm fully aware that the tiny village and there's other uh, facilities that aren't being utilized. I, I think we need to be a lot more aware, a lot more uh, responsible when we're making decisions and spending uh, taxpayers' money uh, when there's other facilities that aren't being adequately used. And so I think the strategy moving forward was to make sure that we develop a plan where you get compliance from the people that choose to live out in the streets versus that. So you have to have a very balanced carrot and a stick approach to getting people the services they need in some of those special districts, and then consider maybe repurposing the uh, the gateway center as not such a good idea until we can fill and not waste taxpaying dollars on facilities. And again, screen those people for their needs and not just recklessly spend money. Thank you. All right, thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Okay, a public safety district for 4th Street, uh, roughly between Mountain and Manal. Mr. Keller, you have one minute. Very well, these uh, public safety districts have been, uh, they were an idea that I had coming in, and I think the downtown one has really shown how helpful they are. So I think they're a very good idea. I believe in going back to that kind of beak, beak cop model, which is similar to community policing. It's just uh, a notion of a dedicated officers that get to know their committee. And so uh, that get to know their community. And so I think this is a very good idea and we should do it as much as we can where uh, resources are available. Uh, I'd like to have them all over the city. I would mention we have 5,000 homeless people unsheltered on our streets. So there is no you know, one particular thing that is going to help them. That's why we need an all the above approach. And you know, I would also mention we already pay nonprofits $20 million to take care of homeless folks, and they are totally maxed out, and they are asking for more help every day. And that's why we've got to do this together as a community. All right. Thank you, Mr. Keller. Mr. Aragon, one minute. I, I don't really understand the response there with regard to the public safety uh, measures or the reference to homeless uh, in terms of the nonprofit. I don't know if we're addressing the previous question, but here's what I could tell you is that this approach from Mayor Keller has ceased to work. It has not worked at all. Uh, you've seen a number of my videos that have been on Facebook. We've seen the uh, piling up of the homeless people that has happened downtown. Uh, we're, uh, all three of us at this point, are almost addressing it as a blight in the level of criminal element. Um, I don't know that anybody can actually uh, establish uh, or any uh, Burqueño here in the city of Albuquerque can say what a uh, public safety uh, zone actually is or what it even means. It has no meaning whatsoever. Uh, the whole idea of the uh, cop on the beat, or as we heard from this morning in the last gas effort uh, by Mayor Keller to go ahead and put a cop on every corner, is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, there's no penalties for the criminals. As we know, it's a judicial system. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, be really nice to the criminals. And I got to tell you, approach has a uh, thank you, sir. Um, we've come to question three, and this will be the individual round where we ask each of you a separate question. Um, and this is, this is, you know, if this is a job interview, then this is the time when we uh, ask about your weaknesses, uh, possibly throwing a little chin music in here while we're at it. We will begin with Mr. Aragon. Okay. Uh, nobody would deny your talent as a communicator but there is much more to city government than making a concise and entertaining point. So far as we can tell, you have never managed a bureaucracy, never held even a minor elected office, 
and never been extensively involved with the kind of neighborhood issues that so often serve as a training ground for our future leaders. Shouldn't this lack of experience disqualify you from being mayor of Albuquerque? You have one and a half minutes. Well, if you didn't uh, know anything about me, you'd know that I was the number one real estate for transactions in the city of Albuquerque. I mean, city of Northwest Nevada. I was a top performer uh, in terms of NAOP, working with neighborhoods, working with commercial real estate developers, working with tenants, working with private businesses. These are the people that are the feet on the streets. Uh, working our bureaucracy is about leading. Manage what we need to lead. I've heard from so many people in the city of Albuquerque who are completely and totally dispirited with the way that they have uh, been trained. I'm a leader. Uh, I don't manage. I uh, teach. I lead giving people ideas and I help people see a vision. Uh, that's what I've always been given. And uh, I can tell you what I've always done, but I can tell you each and every day I address each of these issues on my radio show. And I carefully consider the, the solutions that are brought to me. What's happening right now at City Hall? No one's listening. Uh, what's happening uh, in our police departments? No one's listening. Everyone thinks that they come in with this remedy about how they're going to take everything or a, or a formula. It's not about it. We fail to listen to each other and everybody seems to have the right answer. I never claim I have the right answer, but what I do is I always listen to, uh, to go and make sure that we can execute together. We're all in this together. There's no doubt that my experience both as a business person in this community is well established, and I'm willing to go ahead and take the responsibility uh, for the decisions that I make on behalf of the community, which is something that neither of my two opponents have done. Thank you, Mr. Aragon. Next, we go to Mr. Keller. Crime is, of course, top of mind in our city. Homicides are at a record high, and just last week, we saw the horrific shooting at Washington Middle School. Meanwhile, our jail is running below capacity. Drug dealers and thieves seem to be operating with impunity. And calling 911 can sometimes result in spending several minutes on hold. For four years, you have had countless millions of dollars and hundreds of law enforcement officers under your command, yet these problems persist and even grow. Shouldn't this state of affairs disqualify you from being mayor of Albuquerque? You have one and a half minutes. Thank you, Peter. Well, there's no doubt crime is our biggest challenge, and it is exactly what I said when I was in this forum four years ago. And so I think the measure of my leadership is how I've been able to deal with that. Number one is I've been able to continue my commitment to hire 100 officers each year. And that's really important because when I came in, the department had been decimated. And so when you talk about some of the outcomes that you outline, whether it's response times or whether it's what's happening on our streets, a big section of that is because of our lack of resources. Now, unfortunately, we've had lots of retirements, especially coming out of the pandemic. So we still face that backlog. But I also know that you have to address crime at a root cause. And you can't do that with just a talking point, saying you're going to be tough on crime or saying that you want to fix crime. Real leadership means addressing the problem with the respect for how difficult it is. And that means doing things like the Gateway Center to get people behavioral and mental health treatment. It means creating new departments like the Community Safety Department. And it also means continuing our efforts for reform. It is not a choice. And community trust is also what keeps us safer. And we need a mayor who is committed to all of those aspects, not just one thing. And I think that's what my administration has demonstrated. Thank you, Mr. Keller. And finally, to Mr. Gonzalez, city government is all about getting the details right. And yet, two separate investigations have now concluded that members of your campaign 
including allegedly yourself, submitted fraudulent paperwork as part of an effort to obtain taxpayer-supported campaign financing through the city's clean election system. As sheriff, you swore an oath to, uh, oath to uphold the law. Shouldn't this situation disqualify you from being mayor of Albuquerque? You have one and a half minutes. Thank you for the question. Absolutely not, because ne neither of those complaints have been substantiated. Uh, there's a rule of law we live by. Uh, we trust the process. We're still going through the process. We're still waiting. But he here's what's going on. With overwhelming support, why would I need to bother to forge signatures and donations? I could easily get 10 times the number of signatures to qualify. Here's why the incumbent is using his privilege and position of power to disenfranchise a minority candidate from running to replace him because of his political agenda. And so for me, I always put people first. I have an impeccable career in the United States Marine Corps. I have an honorable family. I have an oath to the Constitution. I my pledge my loyalty to the people of this, this community, and I would never breach that. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. We will return to questions that each of you gets to field in turn. As mentioned before, crime is, of course, a big problem in Albuquerque, so big that it basically requires no further explanation. Uh, but we want to know what you're going to do to turn things around if given a chance during the next four years. You have two minutes, and we will start with Mr. Keller. Sure. Well, when it comes to crime, I, I think it's important uh, that we continue the things that I mentioned a moment ago. But, um, you know, I, I think one thing that would help crime is, frankly, if the sheriff would just help us with crime. Uh, the situation is on his watch for the last 12 years, seven years, we've seen the same thing. And crime's just as bad in the county. And so I think we need to work together. And that's why I formed the Metro Crime Initiative. It has every single law enforcement agency in the metro area at its table every two weeks coming up with real answers for violent crime. The only person that doesn't show is our sheriff. And here's what we're talking about. We're talking about fixing and adjusting things like how we deal with diversion, but also how we deal with grand juries and with the CMO order, which we can talk about more if people have questions, but how do we stop that revolving door? How do we fund parole officers, which we desperately need? Because the system needs help, not just APD. And it takes a leader who's willing to take responsibility for our problems, and that's what I do. I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not going to blame anyone else. But I am going to ask for help because there is no way a single person can do this by themselves. And that's why I'm asking the governor and our legislatures and our DA and our AG for help, and they are responding. And so I know for low-level offenders, we've got to bolster diversion programs. But for violent offenders, we have to stop the revolving door. And to do that, you have to work with other people. And I also want to mention that we have a, a large technology investment coming online that's very important. I've invested over $38 million in crime fighting in Albuquerque. And all of those programs, including gunshot detection, are coming online this winter. So we are in a much, much better place as a department than we were four years ago. And most importantly, I'm leading our community together to fight crime. And that's what it's going to take to get us out of this very difficult situation. All right. Thank you, Mr. Keller. Mr. Aragon, you are next. You have two minutes. I'm disappointed in the mayor at the very same time that he's saying, uh, you know, we're working together. We're doing what we can. He's uh, bagging on uh, uh, Manny Gonzalez and there's no way to tell whether or not he is or isn't cooperating. And 
you know what? These guys are playing politics. We need to be focused first on crime. This is everyone's problem, no matter who it is. What I can tell you is I can tell you what I'm going to do. Not going to play politics. I'm not going to let these guys go ahead and fight it out in terms of uh, who's getting the better thing. I'll reduce every category of crime going forward. Assaults, murders, car theft. I mean, how easy is that to do if you just care enough and communicate to enough people? I'm going to force longer detainment of criminals. Jails are empty. There's no bail bondsmen. I'm going to stop making officers do their job over and over. The same criminals every 48 hours. I talk to the APOA three, four times weekly with, uh, with uh, uh, Sean. Uh, I'm going to force longer detainment of drivers with THC in their system. That's something that we can actually do because it's a Schedule 1 drug. You know, remember, politics transcends culture. People need to understand that. Stage officer pay. Remove overtime. That's $20 million right now. These guys need to have balanced lives. There's over 160 uh, uh, officers who are making over $100,000. That's crazy in, in a lot of this uh, chief's overtime. I'll have a no settlement policy. It's something we should have got a long time ago with attorneys. We'll have the city of Albuquerque protect its officers. We'll block qualified immunity from being operational uh, here in the city of Albuquerque. I will make that happen. We need to support our police. That's job one. We've got to improve the morale of our Albuquerque Police Department. Instead, what you've seen is the outgoing guy, Chief Geyer, and then the incoming guy, Medina. Nobody cares about that drama. While they're fighting and more politics all under Tim's watch, we're sitting here, you know, dealing with the worst uh, crime crisis. I'm going to increase the average salary of APD officers to number one in New Mexico, currently number six. Uh, Tim didn't do that. And I'm going to make every effort to work around the non-cooperation of ICE detainers. I'm going to work with federal agencies behind the scenes to feed them information, to help them crack down on crime and cartel. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we conclude this question with Mr. Gonzalez. You have two minutes. Thank you. Crime is the number one problem. It's impacting businesses. It's impacting tourism. It's impacting economic development. We have to wrap our arms around crime and get a handle on it. Nobody has a, a more extensive and comprehensive understanding of this. Nobody's more committed and has fought this, this, this crime for longer than us. And first and foremost, nobody's smarter about it. Nobody's collaborated more. And nobody has reached across the aisle more than I have, even in the attacks politically that I received, even by my own party. But this is my point. I always put people first, not politics. And what we're going to do is we're going to fleece out all the unconstitutional uh, policies that are out there to include sanctuary cities. And we already do cooperate with the federal agencies because nobody has collaborated more and has strategized and has a better relationship which take decades than I have established with our federal partners. And we are taking people off the streets, the most dangerous. And we're taking off literally hundreds of guns and, and tons of, of drugs and breaking up criminal networks, cartels, organized gangs, all these things that we don't bolster about, but we do them on behalf of the city because that's where the problem lies. We've mitigated crime and we have fought crime in the, in the county. We've mitigated to the point where we've been able to jump in and help the city out because people are begging us in the city because the crime's so bad. And we've gone to the most marginalized areas, not to the places that would benefit anybody politically, but what was right for the people. And I'll continue to do the same as a mayor. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. And now let us turn to other uh, hopefully less grim matters. 
as you all know, the city of Albuquerque provides a wide variety of public services and programs, everything from airports to roads to community centers and even a zoo. Please tell us about three priorities you have for improving city government that have nothing to do with crime or homelessness. You have two minutes and we will begin with Mr. Aragon. How about just removing art for starters? It's a bad idea. Um, and we've seen that commerce uh, first and foremost, I think we need to go ahead and evaluate what the cost would be rather than uh, be told the propaganda. Uh, that has absolutely been, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Gonzalez talks about the crown jewel. I remember growing up on Knob Hill. I remember going to the pit. I remember going to all these places uh, where we'd go back and forth. The art has absolutely decimated businesses. And I think the costs of that uh, do not outweigh the benefits of uh, raising the, uh, the big flag of Knob Hill and downtown and uh, opening things up. Uh, this newfangled thing that they've uh, tried to establish uh, with the uh, Albuquerque Rabbit Transit and $120 million, um, that, that's uh, first and foremost. We've got to look at that. We've got to get rid of that and open things back up. Second, I mean, and this is a huge one, uh, no more public-private partnerships. You know, that's taxpayer money. There's so many things that we could be using that money for, yet we go ahead and we want to hand it to uh, the owner of a soccer team. Or we want to hand it to Netflix or hand it to those. Uh, no one's done a cost-benefit analysis of what's happening uh, in terms of the economic benefit for the city of Albuquerque. Certainly, we have seen all that uh, everywhere. But a big thing that we could really do is do the third thing is reuse that for to create better venues. We are a absolute destination. People love the weather, both in the spring and in the fall. And when they come, they want to see great things, not just the balloon fiesta, the music festivals. Um, you know, I'm the rock of talk. You've got the metal mayor. What are the things that we haven't done is really utilize what we have as a city. Our occupancies uh, there at the convention center and the other places, they're lower than 30 percent. That's job one. you got to make that pitch and bring in more money with more things that people want to see. Remember, we have a lot of rural areas around the uh, around Albuquerque. Why not attract people to the city of Albuquerque uh, throughout the rest of the state by really uh, pushing that for more live venues, live opportunities here in the and not sure. spending Thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Aragon. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez, you are next. Uh, three priorities for city government that have to do with crime or homelessness. You have two minutes. Absolutely. Good. First and foremost, outside the mayor's office, I would replace a lot of the political appointees that have high salaries with competent professionals that understand the role of government and understand the direction and the positive direction that Albuquerque deserves. I would create staffing to provide the services that the people are lacking in any department. So I would increase sales, especially in the business side with inspectors, licensing. And, and then I would also evaluate all the policies that make it so difficult for people to do business build a house or develop a a uh, subdivision, I would review all those type of things aside from it and then actually use the money when we audit certain programs and apply them to beautifying the city because the state of the city from what is in the worst condition it's ever been in the history of Albuquerque, that's gotten worse and, and continues to get worse over the last several years. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Uh, Mr. Keller, to close this question, you have two minutes. All right, well, thank you. And I, I think um, 
I want to honor this question the same way uh, Eddie did with some talk about the future and the vision. Uh, but look, I, I just have to say the city is not in the worst condition it's ever been in. Anyone who grew up here in the 90s knows that. Uh, and also, um, just to defend the professionals of the city, I mean, it's okay if you don't like me, that's fine. But uh, Lawrence Rail, Sarita Nair, we have incredible people running the city. And uh, I hope any mayor candidate would uh, continue that tradition. So here's what I would do. I think we need uh, more things for families and kids, number one. And this is something I wanted to do. The pandemic kind of got in the way. But I want to make sure that literally every single person in Albuquerque knows what they can do after school and on the weekend and during the summer with their kids or in some cases without their kids because maybe they have to work or do other things. And we do that now for about half the kids in Albuquerque, but I wanna do it for every single kid. The second thing I wanna do is uh, I do think we need to lean in and finish the gateway. And I will tell you that I'm just telling you, we can't actually fix a lot of these other problems until we commit as a city, regardless of who's mayor, to actually delivering services. And that's just a building to do it in. We've got to do that. The second thing is the stadium is a good debate. You know, my vision of the stadium is another isotope stadium. It will bring people from other areas, as Eddie mentioned. It can be a way to facilitate arts and culture when there isn't a game going on. I view it as a giant outdoor museum and performance space. And I think the city, I know the city, if it happens, will own it. So uh, the team's just going to rent it for their games. And so I do think that will lift us up uh, to a real pride point in Southwest region. All right, thank you, Mr. Keller, and stay on. You're coming up next uh, for the for first for the next question, rather, uh, which is about the pandemic. COVID-19 is, of course, a global problem, uh, and much of the public policy surrounding it is managed out of Washington and Santa Fe. Still, what role, if any, do you think the city has in managing the pandemic? You have one and a half minutes, and Mr. Keller to start. Well, managing the pandemic is a summary of, you know, at least half of everything, if not more, that I've been doing for the last 18 months. And Albuquerque took a very different strategy than many cities, and it was a leadership strategy. It said, number one, we are going to do everything we can to help people during the pandemic. So we fought to bolster the safety net, whether it was issues around eviction, whether it was literally uh, supporting small businesses that would have gone out of business, to rolling out 20 million plus in economic development programs that even included artists and entrepreneurs. It also meant pushing out $300 million in capital investment. That's why you see two new community centers being built on Route 66, why you see a giant library on Route 66. It's why you see cranes up for the first time in many years in our city building things, and you see working families being employed. These were all as a result of actions that we were able to take during the pandemic. But also we kept our parks open. We said we have to have places for our families to go. We kept open space open. And we also enforced the public health order, but we did it with compliance. We said, just do the right thing, follow the law, and you'll be fine. Uh, we didn't punish people. We didn't shame people. We said we're all in this together. And that's what we're prepared to do again this fall if we need to. Mr. Keller, Mr. Aragon. As you know, I've been a uh, huge proponent of uh, medical choice and allowing people to make their own decisions based upon what they choose to do. My body, my choice uh, has applied for other things as the abortion uh, capital of the world uh, versus it doesn't apply when it comes to uh, injecting yourself uh, with the needle. Uh, there's plenty of people who are vaxxed uh, and they have made that decision to go ahead and do it. 
It's not an actual vaccination. So these uh, state health orders that come in, our mayor has not stood up uh, to the governor uh, and neither has our uh, our sheriff. I was thrown out of a a business uh, as they were enforcing mask orders from the Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office. Somebody has to stand up and say enough is enough. We've been, quote unquote, leading the charge, but on the bleeding edge of shutting things down. Our local economy has been decimated. We have the highest unemployment rate in the entire country. Uh, Albuquerque itself is not a place for commerce. Uh, at this point, this is what COVID has had on it. But, you know, there is a, a, a public safety component that uh, does have to go ahead and keep people safe. But it also is uh, people's individual responsibility to go ahead and make that decision on their own. We can provide the opportunity. We can you know, certainly provide the opportunity for these people to get tested and vaxxed and everything else. But again, it's their choice and we can enforce certain things that make sense. But none of what we've done for the last 18 months here in the city of Albuquerque uh, has made sense. We have shut down our city. Uh, there was no need to comply with many of those orders that have come down. They have seemed absolutely insane. And, and I, for one, uh, can tell you uh, what analysis prevention is much better than what we've been doing with this uh, COVID, uh, COVID of cure. Thank you. Um, and to close out the question, Mr. Gonzalez, the city's role in managing the pandemic. Well, I, I work for the people and this is the government of the people. I never have put a political party or political agendas in front of the people's needs. Those are individual rights by each and every person. And so for us, we support those rights. Uh, it's up to parents to decide whether their, their kids need masks. Obviously, in public places, that's another issue. Uh, we didn't uh, get caught up in administrative orders. What was most pressing for people, and we listened to them, and we followed through, is was crime. And I fought crime, and, and our staff fought crime smartly to the point where it got the attention of the Attorney General of the United States and the President. And they, we needed help, and the people needed help. And when they needed help, that's where we delivered it. The pandemic can't have a one size fits all. You need to tailor it for the needs of the people. You can't shut down their businesses where this state is already economically the worst in the country. And why would you infringe on people's rights to open up their private businesses, which were ruled in the Supreme Court, at, to adhere to party politics? You have to put people before politics, and I always will. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Our next question is, if elected, will you retain the chief of police? And if not, who would you appoint? You have one minute. We'll start with Mr. Aragon. Uh, great question. And I want to go back and, and, and say, um, without answering it uh, directly yet, that we have to evaluate. A lot of people would look at a guy like me and say, oh, he's just going to clean house and get rid of everybody. I know lots of people who are for the city of Albuquerque. They're big supporters of me you know, my radio station, what I talk about. And uh, I would want to talk to each and every person, uh, police officers. I have a great relationship with the Albany Police Officers Association, you know, the Economic Development Group, the Planning Group. These are all people that I know. And I can tell you very quickly, uh, I'd want to know what their vision. These people have 10, 15, 20, 30 years invested, people who don't want to retire. They care about what they want to do. So I'd love to sit down with uh, Chief Medina and I'd first want to understand, oh, what has he learned in his long time with the Albuquerque Police Department before just dismissing him outright? We're going to approach everybody as if they care about the city of Albuquerque. We're going to understand their vision. They'll hear my vision. And together, we're going to come up with a solution. 
But as it currently stands, given the drama between Medina and Geyer, I would probably okay, have leave. Your time has expired. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez, you are next. One minute. Yes. In, in my current understanding of the way they've organized this structure of the mayor's office to the police chief, there's another person in between, which is a CEO of the city. Not only would I replace the chief of police, but also would replace that person that's in charge because those are the exact issues that over politicize a police department, which is supposed to be the neutral body of the government to provide the services that protect people's most sacred things. Those are three things, their rights, their lives and their property. And there can be no, there has to be a direct accountability from the chief to the mayor. And that would be done day one. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Mr. Keller, one minute. Sure. Well, um, a couple of things. I think first, um, look, I, I, I really respect and appreciate the concept that these officers have been trying hard to keep our city safe for much of their career. And so I would hope anyone would certainly talk to them, and listen to them. And also, you know, there there are laws that govern our city that the mayor can't control. So the CAO is by charter in charge of all the uh, police officers. So you, can, you can't just eliminate that because you want to. And so I think the long story short is if our crew and aggregate all of the brass and all of the leaders are making progress on crime that's real, are making progress on reform that's real, and they're increasing confidence in the community and in the department, then I will absolutely keep them. All right, thank you, Mr. Kellen. Um, let's move on to our next question here. Uh, and this is, uh, and as you can probably tell, we're, we're getting from, we're going from the questions that were submitted ahead of time uh, to the questions that were uh, submitted during this forum. So it's a, a bit more on the fly right now. Uh, your position on sanctuary cities, we'll give you one minute for that and start with Mr. Keller. Peter, was that? Yes, that was that was for your, your position on sanctuary cities. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so, you know, this is another good example. I, I understand if people have different opinions, that's fine. This is a city ordinance. So once again, a mayor can't just wave a magic wand and change everything. But I support our city ordinance. Uh, we're an immigrant-friendly city. I have supported immigrants regardless of documentation uh, since I was a state senator and since I was a state auditor. I take an oath to uh, protect and help everyone in my community. There is nothing in that oath that speaks to any kind of formal documentation. And that's why I honor that oath. And I think it's very important that we have trust between our uh, police officers and the immigrant community. And you cannot have that if you are using anti-immigrant rhetoric, if you're supporting deportations, and frankly, if you're buying into Donald Trump and Attorney General Barr's agenda. That makes our city even less safe. Thank you, Mr. Conner. Mr. Aragon, Sanctuary Cities. I am absolutely in total disagreement with the city ordinance. I would uh, use the bully pulpit of the mayor's office to put the Albuquerque, uh, uh, the people of Albuquerque first. I'm dead set against Sanctuary Cities. Uh, I will continue to repeat that. Uh, we don't need to be one. And I can tell you that Mayor Keller did not cash a $10 million check uh, because he was more focused on playing the politics in, in an election year 
you know, speaking out directly to Donald Trump with the ridiculousness of, of making signs that, you know, we, we nothing's good here from Donald Trump. Uh, let me tell you something. As a Hispanic 11th generation and somebody who knows many people who were legal immigrants who've come in, the biggest people who are opposed to illegal immigration and becoming a sanctuary city are legal immigrants. These are people who have worked hard. They've worked through the system. They've paid the price because they love this country. And I can tell you right now, putting the citizens of Albuquerque first ahead of the legal immigrants who come in, and you know how they pay their way to get here, uh, we'll be putting... Thank you, Mr. Aragon. Your time is expired. Thank you. Sir. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez, uh, to close out the question on sanctuary cities, one minute. And you're, you're muted, sir. I would go through a legal review and and examine to see if that sanctuary city policy is deemed constitutional. If it is not, I would use my executive office and power to remove that through a legal review. And if you want to really look at it from a basic standpoint, a community standpoint and a people standpoint, this is a minority majority state. And that is a very divisive policy because it pits immigrants against minorities. And anything that pits people against each other is bad. And so I would I would say we already have United States immigration laws. We should adhere to them, especially as elected officials, because we took a constitutional oath and I've never breached that. So I would make sure that those policies are deemed constitutional. And then if not, we don't enforce them and or we don't honor them because they would be deemed null and void. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. And our, our lightning round continues. Uh, if voters approve, one of you will begin your term later this year with a standing order to construct a new soccer stadium and at least $50 million with which to do it. Where should such a stadium be constructed and why? You have one minute. Mr. Aragon goes first. It shouldn't. We have uh, other priorities. Uh, there isn't a bond that we don't like here in the city of Albuquerque. Uh, I'm willing to challenge, and I'm glad that it's on the ballot and it made the ballot uh, two nights ago on city council. You will find that the voters are going to be dead set against it, especially in this COVID crisis. There wasn't one game, not one game that was played in front of a crowd in all of 2020. I understand the need for a different venue at a different time. This is not the time to go ahead and construct a new stadium. Uh, if the uh, we get there, and I don't think that we will, uh, and we're thinking about a place to put a, a brand new stadium as uh, being a former resident of downtown, we'll evaluate that. But as a commercial real estate guy, we'll look at traffic counts, we'll look at everything else. If that's something that they wanted, I can tell you there's nobody better to have a better understanding of what's happening in terms of the attraction. I worked at the First Baptist Church, the Metro Center. I was a commercial real estate broker. I'm going to tell you where the best place to put it. But I can tell you the voters... Come November, we're going to turn out in mass to turn down the new soccer stadium at a cost of $50 million to the taxpayers. Thank you, Mr. Aragon. Mr. Gonzalez, one minute. Can you repeat? Uh, yes. Uh, what, where would you uh, construct a new soccer stadium uh, and why in that place? And you're, you're muted right now. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, Mr. Rice. 
So are you asking me if it's approved or or if it's or, or my position on it? I'm confused. Uh, if, if, it, if voters approve, you will begin your term uh, with more or less a standing order okay. to the soccer stadium. So I'm wondering okay, so where we're going and why. Okay, Mr. Rice. So if it's approved, I would go through into research of where it's, we're going to get the most economic bang for our buck and identify that location for commerce and ensure that it's in the best interest of, of everybody that's in the metro area. And I would take that approach. So I have people and identify that area, uh, the economic developers of this community to identify that, that place in Albuquerque. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Mr. you have one minute. Sure. Well, you know, number one is I want to make sure it's a multi-use stadium. I want to make sure that uh, the city owns it just like we do isotopes. Uh, and, you know, I want to make sure that we've got partners putting in real funding just like we did for the isotope stadium. And we did fund a giant study that said it should go uh, downtown, and it doesn't mean that's right. I'm actually open to putting it anywhere, but how to understand a little bit of logic about cities. And you know, most uh, great cities, big and small, even minor league and AAA teams, uh, they have successful stadiums downtown. But I think Eddie raises a good point. This is a real estate transaction, and so if we can't find the public property, and people won't sell us that land and get it elsewhere. Also, I want to make sure the neighborhoods uh, are okay with it and that it lifts up neighborhoods. And so uh, I'm going to be very sensitive uh, to that aspect as well. Hi, thanks, Mr. Keller. Um, next question. The Albuquerque Police Department is in the middle of a court-approved settlement agreement. This topic is of particular importance to the uh, person who submitted this question. Being an impacted individual that has lost a loved one in the middle of a mental health crisis, who was shot by the responding department. What are your plans to see APD through the CASA process? Uh, you have one minute and we'll begin with Mr. Gonzalez. So I would work with the leadership of the Albuquerque Police Department and work with the with the monitor and, and, and get compliance. So there's been so many setbacks and so many excuses made is figure out if the monitor is actually complying through a legal review and then set the goalpost because oftentimes we're saying they're being moved. But more importantly is change the leadership, which has been very distracting for the, the direction of the police department and the services of the people and hold people accountable there. And make sure that the, the chief of police that we select is competent enough to to support and select the staff and surround themselves with the legal staff and the administrative police staff he needs to get that job done and without any com compromises to public safety. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Mr. Keller, one minute. <clears throat> well, I, I just have to, I, I can't not uh, express that our chief is competent and so was the chief before him. And I, I just wouldn't say that about anyone in law enforcement. You may not agree with them, but they're competent. And uh, I know clearly the sheriff said he's the smartest person on law enforcement. So um, I just disagree. And so, look, here's the deal with reform. Number one is we created the superintendent position to drive that reform and make sure that we had a chief who could focus on crime. I think it's really important to keep that structure. It's innovative. And both the officers like it, the reform folks like it. This is the kind of innovation that we need to keep going forward with. And also, none of this is easy. 
I mean, I would just tell you, you know, I'm the second mayor of this, whoever it is next time, we're the third mayor, to just say that you can wash this away by saying things. It's <clears throat> a disjustice to the family you mentioned. If this was that easy, we wouldn't have those problems. And so to honor the memory of those who have been victims. Thank you, Mr. Aragon. Your time has expired. Uh, Mr. Aragon, to close out this question, you have one minute. Thank you. Um, well, uh, Manny does have another year on his term, and he certainly has talked about uh, converging APD with uh, BCSO to alleviate, you know, using cameras on compliance or what have you. Uh, we have seen the hem and hawing that's coming from a lot of people complaining about the DOJ. Look, we've got to accelerate our compliance as quickly as possible. If we're going to complain about it, let's just shut up about it, get fully compliant. But the ACLU sent me a question about this entire thing and said, would you continue to do everything uh, that is in place that has been set by the uh, DOJ? And the fact is, no, we're going to run our own police department. So we're going to accelerate, get everything above board. I think we have another five years, maybe four years left on this thing. We need to be fully compliant. That way we can push the DOJ out of here. We can run our own uh, city of Albuquerque police department because it's not being run right. And it really puts an undue stress, handcuffs our officers handcuffs uh, our ability to have law, law enforcement uh, here in the city of Albuquerque. And look what's happened. Our police officers have been afraid. Sure, to be time is expiring. Thank, Thank you, sir. You. Uh, and we've, uh, I'm afraid we are just about uh, out of time here this evening, but by way of closing out, we wanted to give each of you a chance to give a, a brief closing statement. Uh, it'll be one minute long and Mr. Keller will go first. Well, uh, great to have a discussion, and I know this is just the beginning. And, you know, I think, look, there's one stark thing that I think it's important for people to highlight. It's very easy to just say things. It's a different thing to actually understand what a mayor can do. A judge is in charge of our DOJ and our police reform process. A mayor can't fix that, and it's for good reason. And you got to honor that to get things done. I also think just saying we should do things like, cut overtime, that would descend our city into chaos. We need overtime right now to adequately police our city. And I also want to think about this notion that, you know, the city is somehow different than the county. The county's cracking. It was on the front page of the journal. It's just as bad as the city. So look, I think we need a mayor who's going to keep us moving forward. And he knows the difference between a talking point and actually crafting policy and moving our city forward. And I want to keep rolling out the thousands of new jobs that we land up during the recovery. I want to step up big for the unhoused by finishing the Gateway Center. And I want to sure to move forward. Mr. Gonzalez, uh, your closing statement, one minute. Yes, Mr. Rice. In closing, I want everybody to take the opportunity for, uh, for this opportunity to join our campaign so everybody can thrive. If people don't want the same results they are getting from this incumbent, they should vote for me, Manny Gonzalez. My track record speaks for itself. Look at what I've done as a sheriff. I've done a lot more with less, less money, less resources. We can do great things with $250 million budgets with the Albuquerque Police Department. I'm asking for the citizens and their support and their vote to restore Albuquerque as a crown jewel of the Southwest. And I appreciate everybody having me on today. I'd like to thank the candidates. Have a good evening. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Uh, Mr. Aragon, to close us out here, one minute. The track record of our leadership, both in uh, in Bernalillo County as well as the city of Albuquerque, is abysmal. That's why I stepped up. I'm uh, here sharing my vision. I want to lead this city. 
out of the doldrums and we want to go from failure to first. Uh, this isn't about politics. Uh, I love the city. I uh, grew up in Martinez town. I have two children here and I want them to be here. I got to tell you, uh, we all love the city, but I know this city better than my opponents. And let me tell you, I'm going to fight for the 505. That's why I want you to go to fightfor505.com. It's not about me. It's not about race. It's not about anything other than the five C's that we're going to focus on, which, of course, is our city first. No one's going to run our city better. We're going to get rid of uh, how we handle COVID here in the city of Albuquerque. We're going to restore commerce. I will tackle crime each and every single day. We do it every day here. And uh, more than anybody, I'm the guy who can battle corruption. So join our campaign. Have a lot of fun. Let's take the city back. Fightfor505.com. Thank you for your time and your invitation. Thank you, Mr. Aragon.